Skin and Blister. We're two sisters. Supporting each other from across the pond. Welcome to Skin and Blister Pod Greg Edition. Not handsy Greg, just regular Greg. <laughs> Hi Greg. Non molesting Greg. Non molesting <laughs> Greg. Let's be clear on that. Let's be very clear on that. Hi Greg, how Welcome, are you? Greg. Hi Saz. I'm I'm good. Wait, but that's so you actually do your introduction live? I thought it was pre-recorded. Yeah, no, we, we do, do it live. The introdu- that's like a separate introduction. Yeah. It's we ah, do two okay. intros. Two. Well, let me let me just do a quick intro for myself. Uh, so let me try it here. <laughs> he just takes it away. <laughs> Welcome to Skin and Blisters. Two sisters supporting each other from across the pod and ignoring their frickin' frackin' brother oh who's sick. <laughs> very Yikes. good. Very I'll good. Have to cut that out, but very good. <laughs> Am I allowed to eat on the podcast? No, way? that's disgusting. You'll make mouth noises. Kelda, I can see you drinking from a giant yellow mug. <laughs> this is my coffee. If I didn't have it, I would be dead to you all. So you should be grateful. Saz is drinking. Anyway. Wait, Saz, can you show us that jar? What is that? She's drinking out of a kimchi jar. That is disgusting. Oh my god, so hipster. Does it taste like kimchi? No, I washed it. But still, that, that flavor lingers. That lingers for a long That's time. That's why you use glass, because it doesn't linger in glass, because glass is very hard. <laughs> <laughs> you know what All else right. is hard? <laughs> the beginning of this podcast. Oh my god, absolute nightmare. Well, before I came on, I said to Sarah, I was like, Sarah, so do we need to prepare anything? What are we going to talk about? And she said, no. And in that moment, I realized why you talk about honey nut spice or whatever it is for 20 minutes every podcast. <laughs> Listen, I've got, a, I've got a question to start us off with. Greg, why do you oh. call yourself the goat always? Because I am the greatest of all time. I oh thought it gosh. might be that, but how? But I think you have to let other people give you that name. Well, no one ever does, so I have to give it to myself. Well, I've been waiting for a long time. You know what's funny is that I have been waiting for a long time to know what goat means. I never knew what it meant. When people said, until like, today. a basketball player is the goat, I never knew until just now. So that... Thank you for that illumination. <laughs> Kelda, let I me also introduce just love you goats. to the tab on your computer marked Google. You guys are both sounding a bit sick right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm fading fast. Oh my god. Wait, Kelda, let me tell you let me tell you the story of this morning. So I called Sarah. I was like, I was basically on my deathbed, but I thought, you know what? <laughs> let me come. Let me try and get on the pod anyway. So I called Sarah and I was like, Sarah, in my croaky voice, I was like, listen, I'm feeling a bit sick today. Are you sure the audio is going to be good enough? And you know what she said? She was like, I'm sicker. Oh my I'm also gosh. sick. And I was like, what is this? A freaking competition. Here I am on my deathbed making the effort. Does she say, 
You know what, you're heroic. No, she says, I'm sick as well. Do you want a cookie? I would love a cookie. <laughs> I just ate this disgusting... In Germany, they have this, like, cookie dough thing you can buy. Oh. And my, my flatmate bought one, and it was disgusting, so she gave it to me. And I just ate half a jar of it, and it was oh, absolutely disgusting. That is nasty. What? Is it just cookie dough in a jar? Cookie dough in a jar, but it tastes so bad. It, it doesn't even taste like cookie dough. I don't know what it tastes like. But there is something to be said for that as a business idea, because that's quite a big thing in the States, isn't it? Yeah, they have it in the freezer section. But how is it packaged? Because I always think package it in a tube. That way you can either actually slice and make a cookie or you can just eat it like cookie dough if you're insane that way. Um, They sell it in the freezer section in like ice cream tubs. So you eat it like yeah. ice cream. What, like scoop and eat or... yeah. Um, do people actually make cookies out of it? No, they scoop and eat. It's for eating. Greg, uh, is that uh, how yours was? Mine was like just this disgusting thing. It's in the fridge and it's like cookie dough. But it doesn't taste like cookie dough. It just tastes like, I don't know what, just sweet, chemically cookie dough textured material. It's is disgusting. that what you had for breakfast when you were sick? That's probably why I'm sick. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, one time, I, one time I got all the cookie dough from an ice cream. You know cookie dough ice cream? Yeah. I collected all the oh cookie dough gosh. and I made an ice cream, a cookie out of it. But it was so flat. What? Why? Oh, my gosh. I... It was a project <laughs> I took on. It was a lot of work because I had to rinse all the ice cream off the cookie dough balls. <laughs> oh my god i don't even know what to say right now <laughs> you know let's get to the let's get to the true point of this podcast which is how can i be made famous through this 45 minutes i was expecting more time but calda forgot her chicken had a basketball game uh so i have been you know not only coming off of my deathbed but also <laughs> i've been cheated out of my moment of fame listen um, I don't know if you're ever going to get famous on this podcast. I think what we have like, um, no, we have millions of followers, actually. So you will get famous. This is so your watch moment. watch out for what you say, because people get in touch when they don't like what we say on here and on our Instagram bio. Wink, wink. Wink. Skin and blister pod at gmail.com. No, but. I do have a question, um, since both of you seem to be asleep. I have a question. I thought we could um, discuss <laughs> small businesses and the pros and cons of that. Wait a second, Sarah. This is what I told you <laughs> when I called you to say I was feeling sick. I was like, what are we going to talk about? She was like, I don't know. And then I said, well, maybe we can discuss small businesses. And now she's pitching <laughs> it as if it's her own idea. <laughs> What a disaster. Oh my gosh. Perfect. I'll just cut that part out. But if we want to just take the pros and cons. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, Greg, take it away. Pros and cons of small businesses. Maybe, well, no, but maybe Greg needs to tell us because we've just got Greg on here. So maybe he needs to tell us a bit about 
if you want, Greg, tell us where you live. Um, so, and a bit about your business. Okay, so I live in Germany. And I started my business about five years ago, I had been working in the field. Uh, so I run like kids summer camps in Germany. Um, and this year we had the first year we had 300 kids and this year we broke um, 3000 kids. So it's really exciting. Amazing. Um, Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so something I absolutely love to do. It's really fun. Uh, and yeah, I think I'm super lucky, like in the job part of my life, I feel like I've kind of won the lottery a little bit because I mean, of course, every job, like some days I literally think like, oh, I wish I just worked in McDonald's, had someone telling me what to do. Uh, but most of the time, I really, really love it. <laughs> um, that is so cool, Greg. Like, we are so, so proud of you for growing your business that big. I think I speak yeah, I for both me and Saz. <laughs> definitely but i would also say i don't think a lot of that is luck i think a lot of it is your tenacity hard work and tenacious spirit <laughs> for sure but i think i think like any business like you have to have that and you can i think also like a lot of people they do all the hard work they put in the uh the effort everything and they they never get like super far because maybe there's just too much competition or they've chosen the wrong niche or it's just really difficult. Um, so I do feel very lucky in that way and in, in that like my business had so much potential uh, to expand, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm on the same page as Sarah though. I think like a lot of it was you, but then, yeah, I guess there's a little bit of luck as well, but I don't like giving too much credit to luck because I think like, all three of us have worked super hard since we uh, left the commune to grow our lives. And we all have businesses, which is really cool as well. With varying degrees of success. Um, <laughs> I wanted to, Greg, speaking about like the niche that you went into, how, how did you decide to go into that? Like, how did you come up with that? Um, gap in the market I guess because yeah for me and I think with a lot of businesses now like you're not completely inventing something from scratch so I was working for someone else uh, and I always thought it could be done a lot better I loved my job I was I was running camps here in Germany as well I love my job but I was really frustrated because I always felt like hey we could make this so much better for the staff for the kids uh, and then, I don't know, at some point, if, if you really believe that, and I've always been quite entrepreneurial, I think you have to put your money where your mouth is. Um, so I said to myself, like, okay, I have to just like take the, take the jump and try this. Uh, and that actually came from like my, uh, my boss. We had a contract talk. I, I was about to re-sign a contract. Um, and then I realized kind of in that moment, like, uh, like if I re-sign this, if I stay here, I'm never going to start my own thing. So I, I just kind of made the jump and started it. But I don't know if that answers your question because I kind of forgot what the question was. <laughs> Great no, listening I think, I think the main thing that I was asking was, I think often people think I want to have start my own business, but it's not like they, they don't, 
you know, they, they almost think of that as the plan rather than mm. looking around in their lives for kind of the difficulties um, and then focusing on those and going that way. So that exactly answers my question. Although I do remember that I started my business before you and I got a couple of calls from you going, should I do it? Should I not? And so I took a lot of credit. (laughs) No, definitely. Actually, actually, like, it's kind of true. Like seeing someone else do something is like, it just makes it way easier. Like you see that it can be achieved. Um, and for me, like the first, the first year, basically in my business, like I just had to work for free. Uh, so it really came down to like, do I try this or do I take the safe option? And, and the safe option was in a lot of ways more appealing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I knew I'd always wanted to have my own business. And I think, you know, if you take that leap and you don't have a fallback option, like then you have no choice. Like, and I knew like I was going to have to just grind. And I said to myself, okay, the worst that can happen is I grind away for a year. Nothing happens. Then I can go back to the old company or a different one um, and continue in a job that I also really enjoyed. Um, but actually the story of my business is crazy because I took the, the decision, okay, I'm not going to sign this contract. And then a week later I was at a party, like at a house party. Uh, and I met this guy and he was working with, uh, a language school here. And, and my business now is like summer camps with English. Oh, wow. Um, so I met this guy and he introduced me to his employer, uh, who was also thinking about starting the same thing. So we talked and, uh, I started with them, which was super helpful because in Germany, like all the bureaucracy, all the things you need to know to start a business are super daunting so if i had to do all that by myself it would have just taken me ages i think oh wow that's so cool that's called is that called serendipity when you do (laughs) when something kind of falls into place quite wonderfully i think i call it serendipity because it kind of slipped into place (laughs) oh my gosh i call it serendipity because sarah provided the the vision (laughs) serendipity serendipity (laughs) yeah but sarah i mean so you actually started your business before me um and kelda we should also ask you as well uh but sarah like how did you feel uh, why did you decide to start your business like what was the motivation yeah sure uh why did we so both me and francesco were business partners as well as lifestyle partners um (laughs) do you know what lifestyle isn't there like a a lifestyle called the lifestyle i don't think that's what you are oh (laughs) lifetime but i just think people think it's funny when you're like this anyway all right moving on uh why did we start so we have a coffee shop together and we started it because we we both worked in coffee shops before so similarly to greg um and then i was doing personal training and one of my and then i was i i started being vegan so i was cooking like loads of food at home and there wasn't a coffee shop where you could get good vegan food and good coffee. So it was like either or. 
so we were like okay let's that's what we can create mm. and then we're similarly to you as well greg we were at no i was training one of my clients and they said uh there's a container a shipping container um development going on so basically they stacked them all on top of each other and we were we started our first coffee shop in one of those that's so cool um, i can hardly contain then... my excitement <laughs> oh my gosh and then I the I client was... <laughs> who was an architect had a his firm in the other one oh, wow. so that's how we started out yeah anyway did he, did he design it or you designed it no no the the oh. development was someone else completely okay, but okay. this was like he he knew about it from yeah like he was getting one of the containers and then we got one of them and it was good because there was like a bunch of people other people in the containers and they would all come for coffee greg uh so yeah i mean what i would say about this as well just because i visited sarah in that time i uh, visited sarah and fran uh, and oh, am I supposed to call you Saz on the podcast? Doesn't matter. Yeah, it's fine either way. It don't matter. All right. <laughs> so I visited Saz and Fran, and they were literally like living in one container, running <laughs> oh my gosh. another. So I think like if you start your own business, I think you really have to be prepared. Like mm -hmm. the first year that I started my business, I was living with a family basically as an au pair mm -hmm. um, to allow myself to have enough savings because uh, i had to pay to start my business and then I, I was receiving basically no monthly income as well and the same for sarah so and and i think kelda was like a bit more established like you had kind of started it as a side hustle mm -hmm. and then gone into it but i think you know that the, the challenge is always like you just have to make that leap yeah and it's never going to be easy it's never going to be a good time you literally just have to force yourself and then uh um, I was just gonna, I was gonna say with the container thing, we, we lived in half of a container and then in the other half, we built like a little space for the customers to sit in. So we didn't even have a whole container at the time. Oh my gosh. That is wild. That I think, yeah, with the, with the business, you like, you just really have to hustle. Like that's the only the only way you can't expect to, unless you have like a big investment or money from your family or, or savings or something. But if you don't, you just have to be willing to make big sacrifices. Um, with mine, I, I was, uh, working as a manager and a chocolatier. And then on the side, because that didn't pay enough to support, you know, a family on the side, I was, um, cleaning houses and, um, sorry, Greg is really distracting. He's throwing oranges into his mouth. Um, but anyways, so when the pandemic, um, shut down the shop in which I was making chocolates, I decided it was more of like a, I thought about, I thought about it and I was like, I like, you know, they reopened and I was like, I guess, you know, I guess it's time to go back. And I was like, I cannot go back. I just can't like, it's, I could not like imagine going back. It was just like, I, it was just a time in my life that was over, I think. Um, 
And so I was like, well, what am I going to do? And I was like, I'll just expand my current side hustle into a proper full-time business. Um, and yeah, I expanded and I took all the work I could get, you know, it's definitely a little bit bumpy in the first year or two, cause, um, a lot of new clients, a lot of like figuring out my methods and my scheduling and all of that. Um, and you know, I had to learn to have like good boundaries with the clients to, um, you know, if, if they're asking me to do extra things, I have to charge them more and not just be like, cause I have this like tendency to just be a people pleaser sometimes. And I had to learn not to do that because my time is valuable. Um, so all of that, I took all the jobs, um, in the first year and didn't really take much time off, but now I found like a really good balance with it. So and I also have expanded into property management as well. Um, but still working on, on building everything, but it's going pretty smoothly now. I would be really interested to hear like, well, the original question, which I think we veered away from a bit, uh, is what are the biggest pros and cons? Um, so yeah, what are the biggest cons for you guys? And then I'll say mine as well, Calda. Uh, yeah, the biggest con I would say is just the level of responsibility is like, it's great. And it's also like, you know, a lot of, a lot to take on as far as mental load goes. And also just the work outside of work. Like I'm never off work. I'm always like doing work at home as well. Um, so that's definitely for me, the biggest con. What about Saz? Saz, um, biggest con probably lack of schedule i it's very difficult to schedule i mean you just always have to be ready to jump into something else uh, if someone calls sick or or you you know yeah you always have to be ready to run help out at the shop if it's necessary um and yeah, that's probably the main one because we're lucky now that we have people working with us. So we we're not working because before we were working 16 hour days and then like trying to do the admin on the side. Ugh. But now we're like down to less than 16 hours and um, <laughs> slightly less 15 and a half now. 15.5. But yeah, um, so that yeah. Now I'm actually getting some sleep and I'm not in a container anymore. So those are the good things that have come of that. What about you, I Greg? Just, I just have this little vision of you in like a Tupperware container, all curled up in a fetal position. It was like that though. It was literally the, the room in the back of the container was the size of a double bed. That is, That was where we lived for a year. Oh my gosh. We yeah. had to go outside to shower and don't even ask how we peed during the night. Oh. Now I really want to ask. And people used Did to you use a bed pan? People used to break into the containers around us as well, like thugs. <laughs> oh my god. So we slept as well with like metal bars next to the bed in case. Um and also like a massive padlock on the door. Oh my god. Wild times. How did you pee? 
No, I'm not telling. And anyway, so yeah, that, that was, <laughs> that was like super crazy, but like, I think like, it's really a good, I think it's something we need to do more, at least definitely for myself, because I'm always like a hustler. I'm always like, Hey, what's next? Like, what, what are we going to do next? How are we going to expand more? How do we make the camps better? Uh, how do we get better staff? How do we improve on this, that, and the other? And I never take the time to look back. And like, if you told me five years ago that like we would be where we are today, I'd be like, mm -hmm. damn, that's amazing. And in a yeah. way I am, but I'm also the whole time like, hey, we got to like do more. We got to keep building. Um, so I think like it's really important that we look back sometimes and all three of us can be like really proud of ourselves uh, for where we've come from, where we've come to where we are today. And I think like, that's super cool. And like, I don't know, it's, it's important to remember that, uh, especially in like the daily grind. Uh, but for me, the biggest pros of, uh, or, oh, we're talking about cons. Oh my gosh. Cut, we'll cut, do cut. pros next. All right. So for me, the biggest cons of having a business, I think for myself, like I hate the admin side of it. Um, I'm, I'm a creative person. I, I love to just get stuff done. Uh, I have a lot of energy to do things straight away. Um, and often there's like a lot of, especially in Germany, there's a lot of little boxes you have to tick, uh, a lot of things like that. Uh, but my business help partner does help a lot with that. And the other thing that I don't really love about having my business is like managing other people because I don't know, like I think I can do it and I do a fairly good job but it's not something that I love. Like I really love working mm -hmm. with the staff, with the kids, uh, but I don't necessarily love that I'm the one in charge. I, I like to just go to the camps and have fun. Yeah, I totally get that. I hate having to manage other people too. It's like, honestly, I think one of the worst things about having a business. True. It's a very unnatural thing to do as well, isn't it? Because you're used to managing yourself. Yeah. Some more than others. But then you suddenly, <laughs> you suddenly have to start organizing someone else's day. I mean, it's definitely a learning curve. I used to, yeah, I, I, I used to be a lot worse at it. And actually now Fran does most of it. Um, <laughs> Put yeah. the man in charge. Fran the man. No, he's really good. He's really good at like, yeah, he does it in a very like straightforward, non-emotional way, which mm -hmm. I think is a good tactic. Yeah, I think you're right. It's difficult, isn't it? I did it for like 10 years at the chocolate shop where I worked, and it kind of made me not want to do it at all ever again. <laughs> um, I think... But if I grow, I'm going to have to, if I grow more, I'm going to have to get over that. I think, I think another hard part about managing people or, or owning your own business is like, you always have to be on like top form, right? Because if, mm -hmm. if you're the business owner, for example, when I'm in camp, like everyone's looking at me because it's, it's like, I have to be the good example, right? Uh, mm -hmm. So for example, like this year I had uh, COVID on the first day of camp. So I had to leave, go back to my apartment and I was just kind of sitting in my apartment, uh, like not socializing with anyone for two weeks, like isolating. 
And then I went straight back into camp and I, I had this like weird thing where I just couldn't talk to the kids. I couldn't relate to them or the staff. I think it's just because I had been isolating all that time. But it was, oh, yeah. it was terrible because I was like, damn, like I can't be in camp and be this bad at talking to the kids because like it's just a terrible example for the staff. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's that can be hard as yeah. well. You always have to be on top form. And you always have to yeah. be the one that's like, no, like, let's let's do this. Like, let's be sensible. Let's do whatever. Anyway, I'm rambling. Let's cut that out. No, I like it. I like it. It's good. Um, I, 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 I agree. You are rambling. <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> He's a rambling man. A rambling man. You know what I just thought we should talk about? I know it's really off topic, but you know these tiny houses that people make? <laughs> what, like, for I keep fun? I watching the YouTube videos of them, and I can't stop, and I just think it's so incredible. This one family made one, but just out of stuff they'd found. Imagine that, a whole house just out of, like, stuff they found on the road. That's crazy. Anyway, That's so weird. Would, I guess my question to both of you is, would actually, considering both of you are quite a lot taller than me, um, <laughs> would you want to live in a tiny house? Is the real question I have today. No. I would never live in a tiny house. Um, I like staying in them. I stayed in one last weekend and it was really cute. But I feel like, yeah, especially not with a family. I think we'd all like end up just so angry at each other if we lived in a tiny house. You need like you need that space to get away. They should. Yeah, they usually park them in somewhere beautiful, so I guess they go outside when they need to go away. I guess they should make a tiny house that you kind of wear like an article of clothing. (laughs) So, so, (laughs) So you're just like a turtle. And you can just walk around with it. And then whenever you get tired, you just sit down and you're in the house. That would be so cool. Oh, my god! Like gosh. a transformer. Um, the chicken was talking. Oh, sorry. He really wants to build himself a tiny house in the backyard. And he wants to, like, dig a hole. He, he told me this whole idea. He's like, can I dig a hole in the backyard? And build like a bunker in there with like a table and chair. And I was like, no. That would be not. so oh, cool. One, it is really cool, but he would get like one shovel full in and then be like, I'm tired and ask me to build the rest of it. That is true. Sorry, says. No, I was just going to say if you do go down the route of looking at the tiny house videos, go in the comment section because people get so annoyed. If, like, anything is out of place, they'll be like, you put that cupboard door on backwards. I would never take your <laughs> advice on tiny houses. And it's oh like, it's a very um, sparky community, let's say, this tiny house. Sparky. They might, they're very uh, small-minded. I feel like in America, you can make way more, but your expenses are all way higher. That's, that's the feeling I get. Healthcare is like one of the big, it's crazy. For like a family of four, you can be paying like um, 800 a month at least, if not more, for health insurance. Like probably more than that, actually. Probably 
over a thousand a month. It's like a whole other um, mortgage, basically. When you have, um, we we are running low on time. Sorry, Calder. <laughs> low on voice for a second. We're running low on. <laughs> yeah, excuse the voice. It is super scratchy. I don't know what Greg's talking about. I feel like I'm the sick one here. Um, oh but do we gosh. have a question to go mull, mull over, mulled wine over? Oh, this is a good one for Greg. We had a question. Um, how has your music taste changed in the y- years since leaving the commune? That's a really good question. So I think when I was on the commune, I was I really loved kind of a lot of like heavy metal, um, a lot of like really angry music. Um, maybe that's more of a teen thing as well anyway. Uh, but over the years, I'm like way less so. Uh, but yeah, I would say that's the biggest change for me. Um, it's just, I don't know. I enjoy a bit of everything and I always have, I guess. Like I love some like Britney Spears. Then I love some like super heavy metal. Then I love some like gangster rap. Uh, so I have like a really diverse taste. And I think my taste really depends on like what mood I'm in. So if I'm feeling hype or if I'm going to the gym, I might put some gangster rap on. If I'm feeling depressed, I might put some like had a bad day or uh, everybody hurts or songs like that on and just wallow in my misery. Uh, And if I'm feeling like I need to clean the house, I might put some Britney Spears on or Taylor Swift or something like that and just kind of dance around as I well, I'm very bad at cleaning as you both know. Uh, and that's probably <laughs> I was going to say that happens maybe like every every other month. Well, that ha- no, the thing is every the thing is year. I do it, but every other year. I hate it so much. I have to make this big event with music like kind of like a club, but then I get so wrapped up in dancing around to the music. After like 3 oh hours, gosh. I've cleaned for like 10 minutes and I've danced for 2 hours and 50 minutes. So therein lies the problem. I guess at least you've got your exercise. Um, but Greg, I have this funny anecdote from when we were kids. I still have this like really vivid memory. So we weren't really like allowed to listen to music except for folk music and classical music. That was about the extent of what we were kind of allowed to listen to. Um, but I remember this time when they're like all the adults were away and me and you were hanging out, out in the house and you played um, me this journey song on the radio and I felt like such a rebel. It was a, I think I was in like eighth grade and you were in high school and it was a wheel in the sky. Oh my days. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm a huge rebel right now listening to wheel in the sky by journey <laughs> this is which is like the most clean song ever yeah true i kind of remember that but what i also remember that about that i think it was during a meeting so during the meeting the adults would kind mm-hmm. of be away so you could kind of get up to a bit more and i remember sarah coming down she must have been really young uh but she was as self-righteous <laughs> as ever even back then uh and me and you were listening to the radio and sarah came down and was like that's bad turn it off and i remember just being so annoyed i was like don't tell me what to do oh my gosh greg you used to teach me like all these pop songs and have me sing them with you oh really um 
Yeah, I remember you teaching me that one. I don't even know which one it is, but it goes, remember yesterday, oh, walking yes. hand in hand, row. love what? letters in the sand. Yeah, Skid Row. I bought a Skid Row tape off of like another. Is that why? Yeah, I bought it. So I had all these little uh, secretive things. Uh, so I would I would buy like these CDs, these these tapes. Uh, back then, cassette tapes were a big thing. Um, and I would hide them in the ceiling tiles. I don't know if they were. They were for us. But were they for other people? I don't know. I think they were. And then CDs came in. So CDs were like the next big thing. Mm. And then, uh, but anyway, so I'd buy all this stuff. But like, how do you hide it from the parents, from other people? I, I had two really interesting methods. The first was, do you know those massive snorkel jackets we had in winter? So it'd be like a, a winter hood. jacket and then the hood came out like a foot. Oh yeah, yeah. To like block wind, I guess. It, it, yeah. So I had one of those and I had I bought this tiny little radio off another guy and I put I put like headphones inside the jacket, inside the hood of the jacket. So I could like That's wear amazing. the jacket and listen to the radio. And I remember one time <laughs> on like a on a Sunday morning, I was in the library and like no one was around. So I just had the radio playing in my jacket. And I thought like was completely by myself. No one else was around. And then the pastor of our church came in. And this is like you could get in a lot of trouble if you got found out. So he comes in and he he 100 percent heard this music. It was very faint because it was in headphones in the jacket. But he just stared at me and in my pocket, I had my hand in the pocket and I flipped it off straight away. But he definitely heard something and he just stared at me. But it looked so much that I didn't have anything that he couldn't say anything. I was like, (laughs) stuff like that. It doesn't sound that bad now. But in that moment, like had a huge. It's terrifying. Yeah, like an adrenaline. Yeah, it's crazy. It was, yeah. I get what you mean. I used to listen to it like really quiet in my room and like lie next to the radio and then like quick turn it off if I heard mom coming upstairs or something. And it's like this massive adrenaline rush. Where did you get the money to buy the tapes in the stereo and stuff? Because we didn't have any of that stuff. Well, like we didn't have money. I was. I think I've. I think I've always been quite entrepreneurial, right? I think it's like not surprising that I started my own business now because even back then I was very entrepreneurial. So I would sell my homework to other kids in my class. I would like. Oh my I had gosh. a belt making business for a while where I would like make and sell belts, and then I would skim. Didn't you sell them in Woodstock, New York? I remember. I did. This. Yeah, I would go to like uh, local craft fairs and sell them, and and of course like. I was saying I was giving all the money to the commune, but I wasn't. I would I would skim a little bit off the top. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I was I was very entrepreneurial, and uh, it was very difficult like to do all that stuff. I, I remember also like I, I love American football, um, and I, in the evenings when the Packers would play, like it would be a Monday night, and you could listen to the game on the radio, um, and uh, I'd be I'd have to take the entire kind of family tape player it was a huge thing uh yeah yeah hide it in my bed my older brother Mesh, like <laughs> he's he was really snitching on me if he found out anything so i had to like hide it from him 
have this pair of headphones oh my and have this thing in my bed super close to my body so you couldn't see that there was anything else in there and that was the only way I could <laughs> listen to these football games it's crazy that I never got caught with that yeah we were super creative about that kind of thing weren't we I don't know if Saz yeah. was because I don't think she was doing anything bad were you <laughs> I'll never tell <laughs> Um, (laughs) no, my, my thing was always, I just listened to, we had like, um, a bunch of tapes that you could sign out of a library and I would just sign out the, the one for my fair lady, the soundtrack. And then I would listen to that just on repeat over and over and over. So like, I love that. That was like a three hour movie and I love it because I know all the songs off by heart. I did that with Les Mis. Did we have Les Mis in that library? That feels too yeah. risky. I know. I kept singing songs about... We definitely had Les Mis, but I kept singing songs not knowing what they're about. And they're about, like, whores, which is quite funny. <laughs> Lovely ladies, come along and join us. <laughs> yeah, that is intense. That it was allowed in that library. I don't think Maybe anyone no knew. Realized. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, you were really into Les Mis, weren't you? Yeah, I still am. Les Mis is um, great. We, I love it We as have well. to wrap up, but it's been great having Guru Greg along for the ride. I'm going to step out because my chicken has a basketball game. It's first one, which is super exciting. Oh, congratulations, awesome. small yeah. chicken. Is he still playing yeah. baseball, Shoot by the way, Colin? No, he's done for the season, so now he's doing basketball. And he's really good at basketball. Oh, really? I'm really cool. impressed. That's awesome. Yeah. So I'm going to go, and this can be a special edition where Guru Greg and Saz keep chatting. Saz is like... Serendipitous Saz. Saz's, Saz's face looks very apprehensive. Wait, Calda, give us, give us a <laughs> no, topic to discuss before you leave. Okay. Um, I had a topic well, and you really put me on the spot there. Do not say pumpkin spiced latte. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, favorite food and how you feel about cooking and making. All right, we're definitely yeah. not going to be talking about oh my that. Gosh. Okay. All right, have a good day, Gilda. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I've got to go, but... I'm going to remove you, but lots of love. Lots of love. Ciao, ciao. So, Saz... I think I have about 20 minutes. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Sarah, do not put a timeline on me. I can't cope. Wait, what are you pointing at? You. But also, I think my voice is going to just give up at some point. And we're going to be mouthing back and forth, which is no fun for the audience. All right, um, sure. Well, now that Kelda's gone, we can uh, talk about Kelda. We can indeed. Well, one thing I want to say, like coming on, on the podcast today, like is how proud I am of, of both you and Kelda. Like I am your brother, so I have to make fun of you guys. I have to be mean to you. I feel like that's part of my job description. Um, but I am very proud of you guys and I really like listening to the pod 
the the only thing that's oh. kind of bad about it is like when I've listened to it, I feel like I've caught up with both of you. So Kelda or or you will message me and be like, hey, let's catch up. And I'm like, wait, what? Didn't we just speak for an hour yesterday? And then I realized it's because I had listened to a pod. Exactly. You heard it here first. Do not talk to me. Just listen to the pod. I think that's maybe why Great. you started it. So, you, you know, your fan group could kind of be a bit distanced from yourself. <laughs> no, 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 no. I love talking to people. But wink. wink. Now that Kelda's gone, um, we can kind of gang up on her uh, without any repercussions. No, but uh, I think one thing that's really interesting, maybe for people from your pod, or one thing that I think about sometimes is like, because Kelda's so positive, right? She's, and by the way, like, I really respect that and admire that about her. Um, but she's always mm -hmm. so positive. And I think like, in Europe or in England, we can see that as a bit like fake somehow, this kind of American positivity. Um, mm -hmm. But with Kelda, I think it's like really genuine. I think some Americans are a bit fake in that way. Um, but with Kelda, I think it's really genuine. Um, and yeah, what do you think about like being positive the whole time? I definitely have moments where I want to channel my American positivity, or I just think to myself, I wish I had a little American sitting on my shoulder, giving me affirmations at this moment when I'm walking through the bleak streets of London. Um, yes. So, and then there is moments where I meet an actual American. Can we say that Canadian Greg from last time? No, I guess that's Canada. That's not really America. Similar. But I would say I would class him as the type of American that can stay in America. You heard it here first. What, the Canadian. Canadians. Yeah. Back to America, you go. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. North America. But like, I, I mean, I have tried it. So for me, I've tried this kind of like super positive approach. Uh, believe, achieve, all that stuff. Uh, manifest this, do that. I've tried it. And for me, it doesn't really work. Like, I think I have to be uh, true to myself, especially in Canada. It would be great if I could just be positive, high energy the whole time. Um, but I think the reality of it is that like, sometimes i'm just a bit of an asshole and uh that's i think that's kind of okay you know like for me i need to be i don't know if i need to be but when i'm trying to be positive the whole time it just wears me out like it literally wears me out because i think it's not my true self um yeah yeah i'm i think we're quite similar in that way but i would say is it something that comes with practice because you know when you start anything new it's uh, it's really tiring mm -hmm. so is it something we need to just practice because i have a friend who's who's not american um my norwegian friend who gets quite a lot of shout outs on here hi to you um she she's like she is like a hundred percent like most of the time whereas i would say um i can turn on a hundred percent but i would say i i i nestle around 40 percent yeah i know what you mean i think i'm like up and down like when i really need to be in like an important business meeting or whatever and and by the way i think it's like 
also, you know, it's not like fair to the people around you to be like, even if you're like feeling miserable, I think it's like you, you got to try and be positive to a certain extent, because I don't know, no one likes those people that just whine and complain the whole time. You know what I mean? Like we all get it. Life can be hard, but like it doesn't. And I get that. Like, yeah, sometimes this is an interesting thing because, you know, on social media and, and, and things like that, you always see these messages like, Hey, if you ever have any problems, any mental health, blah, 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 my door is always open. And I remember one time, like I was feeling kind of down and I messaged one of these people that always puts up stuff like that. And they wanted absolutely nothing to do with it. Um, and I get that because if you are constantly hearing negative stuff, it does bring you down as well. So I don't know. Wait, what happened? They were like, I don't want to talk to you. I don't know. I think they're just always like, this person is always like, ah, if you're late, like it's totally fine. But then they're annoyed if you're late. I don't know. I feel like it's like a mm, bit of a, I, I, I just don't totally believe that that's true when people put that. Maybe that's the, the cynic in me, but I mean, and, and I understand that by the way, like, I don't want to hear people moaning the whole time. Like, yes, if it's a real problem, like give me a call, I'll listen to it. But yeah, I mean, everyone has their small day to day stuff. And if we're just constantly moaning, I feel like it brings down the people around us as well. This more speaking of moaning this morning, I said to Fran, I'm so sick. And he said, can I make you a tea or something? And I said, all I want is some sympathy. Oh my God. That's quite good. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. And I moaned, but then I got up and I think having, yeah, got up, got dressed and got back to bed basically. Yeah. I think having a moan is fine. As long as you realize like, Hey, it's on me. You know what I mean? Like you got to get up. I guess my point is like, no one's going to do it for you. Like that's one thing I've realized since leaving the commune, like people will help you. And by the way, like I have so much to be grateful for in that regard, like mm-hmm. tons of people have helped me along the way, but you got to also help yourself. Um, so I think it's fine to have a moan. It's totally fine to feel down to, uh, to, you know, have one of those days, you know, those really depressing days where like you do nothing. And then at the end of the day, you feel like, damn, like I suck today. Like at least myself, I'm probably too hard on myself in that regard, but it's fine to have those days, but then I feel like you got to bounce back. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah, otherwise. Yeah. That's something I think I've got from you as well. I think definitely I relate to those days and it's, come with time that I've just gone okay this is what it this is what it like this day is is kind of a blip tomorrow's gonna be better and then the next day is gonna be better do you know what I mean even if I have a week like that there is a kind of time scale to it um yeah but I, I, I get what you mean about social social media is definitely um like a very fake thing uh but i just feel like everyone says they care but when it comes down to it they don't like 
And, and I kind of get that because if you're having a great day and someone's just miserable around you, it brings you down as well. Uh, and like, it's totally fine, but you have to be like, I'm not saying like you can't have a bad day. You can't, of course you can, like everyone does, but I just feel like people need to like, I don't know. You, you got to find out ways to, to bounce back or, or you don't have to, but like, if you don't like, no one really cares. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, which is messed I, up. I definitely know what you mean. But also I would say a lot of people don't have your best interest in mind. I think you should, you shouldn't go around being an un, like not trusting people, but the people you I would say like choose five people that are closest to you and those are the people who have your best interest in mind. We actually talked about this um, recently because the best, like if you're thinking about getting advice, get it from people who are close, closest to you because they actually like want the best for you. Other people, not so much. That's really true. I think like, and, and I've been really interested, by the way, to hear your perspective on this as well from when you started your business. Um, because like looking back, I always remember there were people when I made the decision to quit my job and start, start the business that people literally said to me, and this is one of those things that everyone says, like every entrepreneur says, and I always thought it was kind of bullshit, but people literally said to me like, hey, don't do that uh be sensible you're never gonna make it and those same people today and i don't forget who they were uh because it's it's like a shitty thing to say to someone who's trying to pursue their dreams but those same people today are are the ones that are like uh it was easy you know i always knew you were gonna make it uh you know it was an easy field to succeed in and i'm just like f you is what i think to them so yeah it's like i think there's only a few people that, yeah, you should really kind of hang on their word. And at the end of the day, you've got to look out for you. But what about you? Like when you started your business, did you have something similar? I can't really remember if there's people saying I shouldn't do it. I wasn't in, I was already doing personal training. So it wasn't like I was self-employed anyway. So I didn't have like a super... Um, stable situation as it was it was kind of a um, yeah like booking clients in uh, but people the the thing for us because obviously a coffee shop people you know public can come in the thing for us that happened was these people used to just come into the coffee shop when it was really new and really quiet because it does take a bit of time for you know to get some business going and they used to just come in and like stand there and just give us advice. And but they wouldn't buy anything. They just oh, stand there for ages, just giving it, us advice. And we were obviously doubting ourselves already mm -hmm. and going, mm -hmm. "Oh shit, we've just moved into a new premises and the rent's doubled and all this stuff. We're working ourselves to the bone." And like maybe they're because you're already saying all these things in your head, but. Um, there's a lot of like trusting your own gut that has to happen mm -hmm. but like I still have loads of doubts I mean we've just started doing 
cocktails at the coffee shop, which is loads of fun. I'm learning how to make like all sorts of espresso martinis and all this stuff. And like, it's, it's okay. But, and it's been really fun because like loads of our friends have come down to support. But again, it's kind of starting a new thing and it's, it's slower than you would want it to be. And then like, like, again, there's like loads of doubts, but it's about trying it, isn't it? I mean, that's what I've found is that you have to trust yourself. You have to try it. If it doesn't work, do something else. Like you don't have to stay. I, even a whole whole business, you don't have to stay in there for your life. If, if it's not working, mm-hmm. keep on moving. I mean, and then if it is working, obviously build on the things that are working, which is something like you've done really well. So that's been super cool to see. Yeah, I think where we have where we have a good idea with our business plan is like we're super laser focused on what we do. So like we we try to we don't try to do too much. A lot of other camps um, that are in the same niche as us, they'll try to do all these extra add-ons. And you know, while it helps with as a marketing tool, you know, English and learning to sail at the same time, for example, um, in the end, it just creates all these extra things that you don't necessarily have control over. Uh, so we're very laser focused. We do everything ourselves. Um, and that way we can ensure the quality and things like that. But yeah, I think this kind of uh, imposter syndrome or worrying about your sales, I mean, that's that's a huge thing. And I remember like when we first started the camps, like the first day, I think, when I put the website up, two kids signed up and these were kids who'd known me for for years they'd been in the other camps i was working in and then after that it was like six weeks until the next kid signed up so it's really like i don't know just nerve-wracking and you're checking every day like no bookings nothing and and i get it because you know it's such a word of mouth business it's such a you know a thing of trust to send your kid to someone you don't even know uh, who promises they're going to have a great camp, but there's no reviews, nothing. Um, and then we got, I've changed a few things on the website and then we got like our first sign up that just came like directly through the internet. I didn't know them, nothing. And that was a huge moment for us. And then it just kind of snowballed from there. But yeah, it's, it's a, it's a crazy thing. And I think the people, you know, everyone has advice for you. People who've never run a business before. They have all these brilliant ideas, uh, but sometimes you don't want to hear it because I don't know, you just already have a lot on your plate and yeah, it's, it's, it's like, okay, cool. Why don't you start your own business is sometimes what you think, I think. Yeah. Even though it's well meaning. But the other thing I would say is because I, um, like with the, coffee shop business it's been a really cool learning experience and kind of something I'll always appreciate doing but I was thinking the other day I was like I mean am I successful in this that was kind of my thought process and then I was like well don't worry too much about it Sarah because no one really knows what they're doing so you just have to keep trying stuff that's very true. Do you agree with that? Or is that? I don't think for me, there hasn't ever been a, a level where I'm like, okay, now I've got it. Now I know what I'm doing. I think, 
I th I think like I think one thing that's important is to be like very focused on your goals, but realize like the journey and the path can change. Because if something's not working, you need to make a change. And if you don't, like your competitors are just going to run you over. Business is like a very dog eat dog world. Uh, so if you're not adjusting, like other people will. Um, so I think it's really important to have that passion in whatever industry you're in. Uh, so you can adjust, so you can try new things. And I think it's also really important that when you try new things, that you're not so in love with your idea uh, that if it's not working, you just keep trying to push it. Like, for example, like with your uh, with selling cocktails and stuff in the evening. By the way, I think it's a really cool idea. But let's say, you know, three, four months down the road, you're getting like one visitor in the evening. I think then you got to be like, hey, let's cut this because, you know, obviously it's not working or you have to try some other iteration of a, a similar thing. But yeah, I think success is like a really interesting uh, topic. And I think success for me is not, I think often we look at success as a success, as a society, as people, we look at it as like a financial thing, right? Because that's in, in some ways the easiest ways to judge it. But I, I, I've, worked with a lot of like super rich people. I used to work as like a, as like a childcare and sports coach for some of the richest people in the world. And what I realized is a lot of them are, you know, that there's crazy rich. I worked for some families that were, you know, top 200 wealthiest people in the world. So they had, they had this incredible wealth, but the dad was working, you know, 14, 16 hours a day, never saw the kids. Um, you know, and the kids were miserable. They had their own set of problems because the parents weren't around. Um, so yeah, what is success? I don't think success is really mon monetary, but I think that's how it's often judged. And I would argue like the dad that goes to all his son's or daughter's baseball games, who's there with their family, who's really enjoying life, who maybe has like a great wife or, or partner, that person, is much more successful in a weird way than the than the multi-billionaire, uh, you know, who's who's never at home, who has no relationship with their kids, uh, who's just kind of almost a slave to their own success. So I think reaching for success is super important, but you have to really understand, okay what is important for my personal success. And for me personally, uh, for example, and I, I'm interested to hear your perspective as well. For me, like success would be not having to work too much. You know, I love my job, but my ideal would be at least in the off season when the camps aren't running to work like four or five days max, uh, four or five hours a day max uh, to be able to go on vacation. <laughs> I'd like to have a family eventually. Um, so I'd like to, when I do have kids, be able to spend a lot of time with them. Um, so for me, that, that would really be success. And, uh, you know, I think if you're earning, well, there's a study done, which is very interesting, which shows that up till 70,000 a year, and this is in the US, your happiness increases fairly, you know, linearly um, based on your salary increasing. Um, but after that, it's a huge kind of drop or it, it increases a little bit, but it really doesn't increase a lot. And that really makes sense to me because I think 
once you have enough to afford a mortgage, to be able to send your kids to a good school, to not have to worry about money, then money becomes just another tool and it has way less importance. But yeah, what, what is success for you? Like, what is your dream kind of successful scenario? Well, I think it, it's very interesting what you say, because obviously you've had the opportunity to see kind of where maybe like the glitz and the glamour of, of having a lot of money, what that can bring and also the kind of the cons of that as well. But um, because often you see, I think, I, I, yeah, especially now on social media, often you can see that lifestyle and it's very glamorized. But I do, yeah, I, I do think it comes with sacrifices in other areas, which, again, up to the person, every person to decide what their level of success is. For me, I'm I'm also a big one on um, time. I think time is a priceless resource. So I'm always trying to kind of claw back time. But then also with that time, I, um, I have quite like simple, not simple, like my taste is quite, like if I can do it, some exercise, cook a nice meal, and have a coffee with someone I like, go for a walk. I mean, I'm happy. So I don't really need expensive stuff to to make me happy. Um, but I do have to kind of come, like I have to think about what makes me happy and then I strive for that. And it's not like crazy stuff that I'm working super hard to buy the latest whatever. It's more just, okay, make sure you're seeing your friends you know once a week and spend time with them when when you're with them so like that's kind of success to me and actually in if i go by those metrics then i'm i'm winning at the moment and like that's the reason that um we do the podcast as well as we can spend that time together which is maybe why we need to get Greg on more so he can spend more time with him. Yeah, no, I, I, I really <laughs> like the podcast. A little dab. I, yeah, just rub it in the, rub the salt in the wound. But uh, no, I really enjoy listening <laughs> to the podcast. Um, and yeah, I totally get what you mean. Um, so yeah, I love the podcast and uh, I'd love to come on more, first of all. Um, and what you say, I think that's really true. I think happiness often is like per perception, right? So I'll give you an example of that. So in the first year of, of running the camps, like I worked my ass off, like I was probably working like 50, 60 hours a week, just grinding away on my laptop, creating the website, learning how to market, um, running the camps, doing all the training, doing everything. And I earned like no money, right? But I was really, really happy. Uh, and then as we go forward, we became more successful. Each year I was earning more money. So what would have made me really, really happy in year two or year three financially now, because I've earned more than that, I would be like almost disappointed, even though if I think about it, it's like still like, you know, a really decent financial amount. So I think it's all perception and like what you expect versus what you get. 
uh, it has a lot to do with happiness and, and how you feel about your success. But I think another thing you say, which I really agree with is like, I don't need like tons of money to be happy. Yeah? I think from working with those kind of billionaires, what I saw is like, we, we would stay in hotel rooms that were like 2000 a night, right? So we would stay in a hotel that was 2000 a night. I don't think it's, I don't think it's better really than like a 70 euro a night hotel room. Like it's, it's more glitzy, it's more glamorous, but is it really better? Like, not really. Like it wasn't that amazing. The, the food and stuff is really nice, true. But at the end of the day, like I would have much rather gone to a 70 euro a night hotel with friends, with family, than gone to a 2000 a night hotel with these billionaires who, who I didn't have that much connection with. So I think like, and, and by the way, like when you're charging 2000 uh, per night for a room, like they would do stuff like they would have a mini, they would have a mini bar in there. And they, we were staying in Dubai and like a can of Coke. Yeah. So just a normal can of Coke, right? You buy it, it's maybe like 60 cents or whatever. So a normal can of Coke in the, in the mini bar was $20, like a normal small can of Coke. So what? it just shows like you're just being ripped off because, because it makes you feel better than other people. Or I don't know. And, and of course that's, you know, not always the case. Like there are some amazing hotels in, in Thailand or for example, like last year we went to that, uh, Michelin star restaurant, uh, with you and Calvin when oh, you guys yeah, that were here. and that was really cool. I thought like that was, that was like, even though it was super expensive, like I thought that experience was like worth it. But a lot of the time I feel like it's just, you're just paying for the status kind of thing. And that is just to me, like, I don't care about status, not really. So I feel like I'm a man of the people. Uh, <laughs> uh, Uh, so word of wisdom. So I think like, you know, we've talked a lot about success. We've talked about, um, we talked about, oh yeah. We talked about our businesses. We had the lovely Kelber on. That was amazing. Oh no, you're the guest. Wait, maybe me and you can take over the pot and Kelda can be the guest. <laughs> no, that'd be terrible. No, Kelda's. <laughs> Kelda's is great for the podcast because she's so like empathetic. Like if it was just me and you, we'd just be like bitching about people the whole time, saying how terrible other people are. We could do a sub podcast that like people have to pay to listen to. Yeah, to get all the girls. But no, so words of wisdom. So I think like for me, some of the the most important things in life are to be true to yourself. Um, and also believe in yourself because I don't know, like, I don't want to toot my own horn or whatever, but like, if I, again, like if, if, if we go back like seven years, like I could never imagine that I could get to this place, like, especially with, with my business and it, it's been a grind, it's been a journey, but like, I could have always done that. And I kind of wish like I'd started sooner. And I think what, what held me back was just that I didn't have that belief in myself. But in a weird way, like always in the back of my mind, I felt like I could do it. But I think, you know, when other people are kind of, uh, other people, 
and probably a lot of the time they're doing it to try and be realistic or do it for your own good. I don't know. I feel like it's easy to care too much about what other people think. And it, so what I would say is if you believe in yourself, if you think you can achieve something, just try it. And I think one, one way as well to kind of uh, push yourself, I always like to think about, okay, what's the worst thing that could happen? You know, what's the worst thing? Sorry. I was on a roll, Sarah, damn it. But uh, I think what's, what's the worst thing that could happen? So when I, when I started the business, the worst thing that could happen was that I totally fail. Maybe I lose some money, uh, but definitely I lose, you know, kind of a year. Um, but that's not that bad in the grand scheme of things. I, I've always wanted to start my own business. So I kind of weighed it up and I thought, well, if I do totally fail, that's okay you know, but if I, if I don't try it, if I don't push myself and try it and, you know, think about if I'm like 70 years old and I never tried it, I would always think, Oh, what if I had just done that? What if I had just taken the leap? So I think it's really important just to believe in yourself and try things. And if you fail, like who cares? Because at the end of the day, like the most successful people in life, like fail again and again, and it's, it's okay. And I think, yeah, just believe in yourself and push yourself and do your best and, and be kind to yourself. I think it's easy to be kind of your own worst critic, like I certainly am. Um, and you can kind of hold yourself back with that as well. So believe in yourself, push yourself, take the take the leap with whatever it is. You know, if, if you want to ask someone out on a date, if you want to uh, go skydiving, if you want to start your own business, if you want to apply for college, anything, you know, it, it doesn't have to be about financial success at all. Uh, just push yourself, believe in yourself. And if you fail, who cares? I think that's really good. Bravo, Greg. Oh, we might have to Thank get him on again, you. folks. Um, although I would say with the skydiving, forget about that. Stay on the ground, feet firmly planted, do not go skydiving. Listen, it if you're like a bad idea, have you ever seen anyone who's survived a sky? Have you ever met someone who's that gone is... skydiving? No, which proves hundred percent. That is that oddly true. You know, I think like, you know, you got to believe in yourself. So if you're up there skydiving and you forgot the parachute, just jump anyway. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be fine. Do not wait to be strapped <laughs> onto the instructor. No. Oh gosh, that's a scary turn. Um, okay, amazing. Well, my word of wisdom as always, or not as always, this is a new one, is I have rediscovered the the wonder of fruit. And I think everyone, <laughs> everyone needs to chop up some fruit, make yourself a fruit salad, make one for your friend. Um, get those vitamins because we all know winter is basically here we're all sick we need the vitamins so yeah and i'm going to recommend oranges and persimmons which also go by the name khaki. khaki means shit in spanish i think uh but sarah let me ask you one final question before we end and close and clean up if you know you know okay. uh so let me ask you one thing like <laughs> How has the how has the podcast been for for you? Like, what what parts of it have you really enjoyed? 
what have you found challenging? Now I regret not uh, removing you earlier. Um, uh, no, I really enjoy it because I think uh, I might have said it before, but it's it's really good to sit down face to face with um, the lovely Kelda and have that like hour long quality time with her because we don't like we're really far apart. I mean, you and me are far apart as well, but like I, I, I do feel like I don't know. We're in the same know, time zone as well. It's a lot easier for us to call. Yeah, and I think as well, like, because we were talking a lot before, but we would always be doing something. But this allows us to have like quality conversation, and also it's really fun to build something. And obviously, Calder's amazing with the social media. Um. I mean, there isn't really any cons for me. I, re- I, I look forward to doing the pod every week. And the ed- I love doing the editing because it gives me, it fulfills my um, complex of like being able to edit my life. So you heard it here first. It's the control for me. That yeah, awesome. And I know I've met a lot of people uh, who, who really enjoy the pod, who told me they listen to it every week. Who sent me a screenshot last week when the title of the pod was uh, Hansy Greg? Not super happy about that, but you live with it. You live with it. You have to. Um, That's why we had to get you on. Thank you. I mean, I feel like I should make a statement or something. Uh, But no, no, we'll do that another time. But yeah, I just want to say thanks for having me on. um, And let's close and clean up. Thank you. You are our second best guest. Excuse me. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Skin and Blister. If you have questions or comments, please email us at skinandblisterpod at gmail.com. 